0: Hello! Welcome. I still know how to do it. <laughs> Welcome to Real Disagreement, a podcast between two friends who make each other watch movies that they may or may not like. This week's gonna be a little different than others. With your two hosts, I'm Rob.
1: Oh, it didn't work.
0: Damn oh no. Wait. <laughs> <We tried. laughs> no, 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 don't no, go, go back. <laughs> no, this is better. Let's see how the sausage gets made. Go ahead. Let's try this again. Ready? I'm Rob. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh oh i didn't want that fun. i
1: wanted <laughs> that's all the time. i'm cutting all of that out no it has to stay in i wanted that applause. was perfect okay yeah okay i'm amy and we've been given new toys there's um, a soundboard with with well, sound we'll, we'll see what's on it we'll see what yeah, happens That's gonna be good that was really funny because we're not in front of a live studio audience but not yet. Um, as per usual, mm. we need to apologize for our long absence. That was a long absence. Yeah. Um, and I I'm gonna blame the amazing Tom Buck because wow. we were ready and
0: then he couldn't. Um no, Tom is wonderful. We And I'm been, kidding,
1: it was totally us.
0: There were scheduled conflicts, there were and you know what? I'm not gonna blame anything. I'm gonna say it's this. Amy is a devoted professional, Mm. and her job is taxing, and it takes a lot to do. Mm. I'm not particularly good at my job. That's not true. So I can do it whenever you want, but Amy works very hard. That's nice. So it's hard to get at.
1: I think also we've talked all the time because I'm constantly trying to give up, and I say, how long are we going to do this for? It's true. Um, And Rob makes the point that... We should keep doing it till it's fun, and I think the no
0: to keep doing it while it's fun, not it's until fun. it's fun. Yeah, sorry. What are you saying?
1: <laughs> keep doing it while it's fun, and I think we've had two movie pairings... or no, at least one, and like that was fine. We were trying to do a Tom Hanks thing, and it was Didn't bachelor it party work. and
0: Joe versus the volcano, um, which. I'm glad I saw Joe versus the volcano finally because people talk about it a lot. It's so good, and I don't know why they talk about it. Stop it's not it. good. It is good.
1: All right. Um, so he has moments. And that's essentially all we would have talked about. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So we're sorry about the absence, but as usual, just follow us on platforms, and then you know when we come back.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to be as apologetic not because it doesn't matter but because it's i like to think of our show as a little bright spot that pops up and is a lovely surprise and a thing to enjoy. <laughs> what you don't agree? People should not enjoy our show, that's what you're no, saying? Oh, I was trying to come up
1: with a rejoinder and I had nothing.
0: <laughs> well,
1: this week like a like a like a mole out of the ground, like like a Like a up.
0: mole out of the ground and then you made a noise like let's face it, a poop. <laughs>
1: Well, it could be that, too.
0: Could be a poop. Um, We have two movies this week. Two Brendan Fraser movies.
1: Is it Fraser or Fraser? I
0: think it's Fraser. Uh, That was worth interrupting for. So we have two Brendan Fraser movies this week. I think it's Fraser.
1: I think so. And And they're not only linked by being Brendan Fraser. They are lost in time movies.
0: They are, which I had not realized.
1: Yeah, that was the whole
0: point. Was
1: it? Yes, because, so here's how we picked him. We were arguing about romantic comedies, Mm -hmm. and you said that Big Fat Greek Wedding is not actually a romantic comedy, and I said that you just don't like joy and magic, and you said, no, I really like Blast from the Past. That's a good, solid, romantic comedy. funny and romantic. And then I believe a friend of yours Mm. suggested the
0: pairing. I believe that's right. On our Facebook page, they suggested Encino Man. yeah because um, they are
1: both lost-in-time movies.
0: And I had not seen Encino Man since high school, I think. Oh, I've, I've seen that movie a lot. We're gonna, so I'd mostly forgotten it.
1: We're going to talk about my unfortunate love of Poly Shore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to talk about Poly Shore. I have some thoughts. It's going to get interesting. Um, that all being said, we're not starting, though, with Poly Shore and Encino Man. No. We are starting with Blast from the Past. Yes. So, Amy... We need a haiku. We need to know about this movie. I wrote two. Oh.
1: Because... You pulled a real Rob on this one. I did. And because my whole attitude, my whole philosophy for my approach to (laughs) this, (laughs) my approach to this recording, since I kind of figured we were both going to like both of these movies, Mm -hmm. because I definitely like both of them. Yeah. And I think you... Said
0: something similar. Um, I do, with one caveat that we'll get to in a bit.
1: I think these movies came at either end of the decade of the 90s, and I think one of them represents some really good part about the 90s, and mm. one of them represents some bad stuff of the 90s. Interesting.
0: We might be going to similar places with us,
1: but they might, they also have like a little bit of both in each. So, um, hmm. so one of the things. One of the haikus that I wrote was basically my, my farewell to one of my teenage oh. loves. Oh. Which was Alicia Silverstone. Oh.
0: Wait, she was one of your teenage loves?
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I think I
0: How do you feel about Batman and Robin? Well, yeah. So here's the thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Right, she was in um Poison Ivy? Uh yeah. I think mean, wait. Or, or Poison she Ivy was, two, she was in like or, the sequel, maybe, or the babysitter. No, she
0: was in, yeah, it was like the sitter,
1: yes, which I think had yeah. Carrie Eulas in it. Which Elle was. Elle, Eulas Elle is was
0: definitely not out. the
1: Dread Pirate Roberts, yes, um, that's him. Um, and like that came out when I was like you know 13 and like you know, hormones and like burgeoning, right? And it's wait a good, second,
0: let me see if I got this right. Because I haven't a, seen this thriller, but my understanding is it's about like a woman who stalks a guy.
1: It's, it's considered take over. a suspense thriller, which, having worked at a video store, I can tell you that suspense thriller is code for softcore porn. Boom. So, movies. Yeah. So, so, like
0: Sharon Stone movies. So, emerging hormones. Yes. And you saw that and you were like, all right.
1: Well, because the Dread Pirate Roberts was in it.
0: Sure. Handsome man.
1: Still does it for me. Um, yeah, I'm. am not judging. <laughs> and and it was like a story. It was like sexy, scary, which like that's you know sexy, scary. Yeah, which I think it, when you're like there, whatever. I'm not gonna
0: justify sex <laughs> to you. So gonna, I didn't ask you to justify sex to me.
1: So she was in. You that, justify
0: sex. <laughs> you prove that it's fun. I don't believe you. <laughs> um. So yeah, like just in
1: the way you know we've talked about. Bowie and how that had like a foundational
0: effect on. I think we need to start keeping a tally of the things that are foundational to your sexuality yes. as a teenager, and we're just gonna get to the bottom of this whole thing.
1: It's I, it's all very simple as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, but so yeah, the sitter,
0: God, pieces, and labyrinth. Yeah, what else has been on our Big list? Big hair. Um,
1: oh, fat Jewish man,
0: fat Jewish man. Uh, but that
1: was a later development,
0: and related to that, be uh. What's his nuts from Princess Bride? Not Keriolis. Yeah, and
1: yeah. Montoya. But I yeah, don't like him. But not him, him in there.
0: Yeah. Him late when he's <laughs> clearly sad and angry.
1: But then I also like him when he like lost all the weight that he had when he was in Homeland. And uh-huh. then he was like, like, I've been through something skinny.
0: I've been through something <laughs> skinny. I like a man who looks traumatized.
1: I, mean, I like it when he looks like, like he a... just
0: escaped a prisoner of war camp. All
1: those pockmarks on his face. Like, he's got stories oh to my tell me. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> pockmarks are not indicative of stories. <laughs> he probably had a terrible childhood.
1: Because he Could had a lot of acting. Your...
0: My God. This
1: is why I'm a counselor.
0: My heart breaks this is for why... everyone. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, I'm learning so much.
1: So, yeah. And I liked Alicia Silverstone because <laughs> she, you know, she was like. She she was an image to aspire to, I think. She was very, you know, hot topic in the 90s. And not the store, but, like, the concept. And And also, when I was, like, 13 and 14 and had very long, much blonder hair, and I have thin lips like she does, somebody once told me that I, like, had a resemblance to her, and I, like... Grasped onto that for dear life. When there I was is a so kid. much going on in this oh, yeah. episode already. So I was like obsessed with her.
0: Wasn't she? She's one of the ones who got their start in the Aerosmith video, right? Yes. Which oh. I was always surprised because I've never seen her as a sex bomb. Even at that time when she was like, "Oh my God, here's the arrival of this." Well,
1: and that's what I'm saying. Like, sex I think but she, she always tr- struck
0: me as very girlish. To where I, even when I was a teenager, I was like, "Oh, she's she was young. forced
1: on us as a sex pot." So I think I took her that way. And I really oh, liked Clueless. Me
0: you do like Clueless.
1: And she's so good in it, right? So, But Clueless happened well before Blast from the Past. Like five years before yes. Blast from the yep. Past. So I kind of feel like Blast from the Past is maybe the ending of Alicia Silverstone's career. I'm not totally certain when Batman no. and Robin happened. Um, but she's so awful in this movie. The, the
0: weakness of the movie is Alicia Silverstone. Absolutely. She's the worst part of because it. Because every other thing in this movie is fucking perfect.
1: Exactly. So so I had to watch it and go like, oh, mm, no. And like, so just kind of say goodbye yeah. to. So that's, here's oh. my haiku. I'm sorry you had
0: to mourn Alicia Silverstone. That's okay.
1: So um, I think she's, I think her politics don't agree with mine anymore. So <laughs> not anymore, but like I just, yeah. She's you had a falling out. She's deplorable. Um, so wow. let me I'm just kidding. Um You weren't, but go on. So here's my haiku saying uh-huh. goodbye. Uh-huh. Alicia. Yeah. Oh girl. <laughs> how I loved you and Clueless. Oh my god. In this, you're the worst. <laughs> so that's haiku number one. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> 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 Seating you in front of the board is a huge problem.
1: I don't see why.
0: I definitely see why. Okay, let's hear haiku number two. Maybe it will also be applauseworthy. Who okay. knows?
1: It, this one's actually about the movie. Okay. Um, fear of the bomb locks family away for years. Fish out of water. Yeah, pretty good. So, yeah. Summative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that... Why are you laughing? No, nothing is good. It's good. Um. Okay. So, yes. You said it Perfectly. Alicia Silverstone is the worst part of this movie, um, because the cast is amazing. Oh my god! Like, let's just—I know who
0: you're gonna say because motherfucker steals the movie. Well, there's a lot of options there. Yeah, Joey Slotnick. Joey Slotnick okay. is so goddamn good He's in this movie. Great, right? Oh my god, <laughs> he is.
1: Your My eyes, fucking
0: hero just in this movie, lit
1: up like I clearly just confirmed our status as best friends by guessing that correctly. Yeah, oh, because you had like cartoon hearts come out of it's... your eyeballs just now.
0: Well, and what's more, <laughs> incredibly, I, I have a mutual friend with Joey Slotnick. Oh, and I mentioned to this mutual friend I, that we were talking about doing this movie, and he was like, "Oh, I know a guy who's in it. I know Joey Slotnick." I was like, "Wait, what?" Because yeah. Joey Slotnick is a fucking genius in this movie. He's so He's funny in, like, so everything funny. he's in. He's super underrated and amazing.
1: Yeah. So, Joey Slotnick was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, every time Dave Foley's in a movie. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. that. Um. Uh, my boy, Nathan Fillion, yeah. who's so young. Like, his face looked airbrushed. It was so smooth. Is that what it's, Canada does? He doesn't have enough stories to tell. Exactly. No, because That's he, came, he came from Canada,
0: not like <laughs> Brooklyn. Okay. All right. Um, and the, I'm trying to look at the other. <laughs> uh, Christopher motherfucking Walken?
1: Well, I was going to get to the main characters. Okay, I was looking right. at like the. Oh, Douglas Smith, who played young Adam Webber. He's um, really good. He's really good, and he's now, he was in Big Love. He was the son in Big Love, and he was yeah, really good in that. And then he was in something recently. Oh, gosh darn it. Oh, I can't remember what it is. I'll find him. Keep going. Okay, yeah, he's in something current, that, and he's very good in it. Um, okay, so the main cast is uh, Brendan Fraser as Adam Weber, son of um, Calvin and Helen. Mm -hmm. So that's Christopher Walken as Calvin Weber and Sissy Spacek as Helen Weber, which like...
0: That's an amazing cast right there.
1: Yeah. And Sissy Spacek got her Oscar and stuff for Coal Miner's Daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And she was very young and and she's lauded as this very serious actress. She is so freaking funny in this. Mm -hmm. All her little like side comments about how she hates that they're living where they're living and that she's like this... Secret and then not-so-secret drunk. It's hilarious. Um, and then Brandon Fraser is their son, and then Alicia Silverstone is Eve. Um, so, yes, the cast alone is amazing, and the cast includes a cameo. I don't even know this who this character is, but a character named Bob. Um, no. Character named Levy. Not Levi, but Levy. L-E-V-Y. Um, is the writer, director, and producer hmm. who also um, created WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh. Yeah. So I think that's part of why this movie is so funny and smart.
0: Hmm.
1: Right? Because that guy, WKRP, I mean, that would make sense. good stuff, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about Blast from the Past. Um Still. so it's pretty I mean, it's really straightforward. It's a fish out of water story. It's um Brendan Fraser, Adam Weber, and his family or his mom's pregnant, and dad works at Caltech, and there's a lot of like chitter chatter about how dad's gone a little crazy and he's like obsessed with the commies. Sixty two, because it's in the sixties, right? Uh, Did you find who Douglas Smith is in?
0: Yeah, he was in Big Little Lies. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, he's so good in that. Okay, I've never seen that. He's very talented. Um,
1: and. Um, Yeah, it's in the 60s and um, something happens where there's a plane flying over California and and something goes wrong with the plane and the pilot needs to eject and uh, Calvin has, you know, he has that on radio, right? He's listening to it and and lines get crossed and he mishears something and he interprets it as there's a bomb
0: coming. Well, they're watching the news, and they're talking oh, about yes. the rising conflict in Cuba. Yes. He dismisses the party and says, everyone go to your homes. It wouldn't be appropriate for us to party at this time. And He locks his wife away. The crashing plane is a coincidence.
1: Yes. And then, but causes, well, but he doesn't decide to go into the bunker until they hear the you know imminent payload drop or whatever. Some comment like that. So I'm right. Don't make that you're, you're,
0: Okay. Um, I mean, you're not, but that's cool. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. Um, he says, let's go down to the bunker until this all blows over. Just a couple days. And then while they're down there, the plane happens to crash into their yard, obliterating the house.
1: So, because <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't matter. Oh. Like, ultimately, it doesn't. Okay, that's i But I've, I've had a day, so... I feel <laughs> it's I feel like gonna be ugly. I feel like fighting. Um so yeah, they go down in the bunker and then the plane crashes on the house. Terrible unfortunate coincidence and they like hear the crash and all of that and he sets the locks and the locks are set for 35 years. Yes. And she's pregnant. Um, so they have their son there, and there's a lot, there's the, the storytelling that happens when they explain, like, how they managed to live there for 35 years. Yeah. And I was really impressed with, at the beginning of it, there was a lot of, like, mm. little clues that that explain away questions later on. Like It's super clever. It's really, it's done very well, and, and, and it's him, you know, at this party with all the martinis and, like, You know, pigs in a blanket. Yeah, and the snappy thingy, Um, talking about you know how I can get a year's worth of power off of three yacht batteries and you know hydroponics or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. he talks about his baseball cards, and that comes into play later. So they do like the storytelling is really amazing, Mm -hmm. Um, and and so that is fun. That's a soup. That's a really fun like. Twenty minutes of the movie is watching how they survive.
0: Well, it might be more like thirty. It's a lot of the movie.
1: um how they survive underground and the power sources and and it all seems really plausible. Like I, you know, (laughs) I didn't go Amy on it and like pull out the things that are unbelievable. Um, Because there's
0: nothing unbelievable. Because it
1: all, I was like, (laughs) yeah, sure, yacht batteries. That makes sense to me. and that's all that stuff's all really fun, like like, you know, they're growing fish in a barrel and <laughs> so then when it's Adam's thirty fifth birthday, um, mom makes him a jacket and it's like this. Made out of the old curtains. Made or out something. of the old curtains. And that I loved the like that's just like a little detail of all his clothing was like when he was little, it was his dad's clothing with like rubber bands to hold it up and make yeah. it shorter. Because you wouldn't want to cut it because you might need it for when he grows up into yeah. a man. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of like great little details. Um, so then they start to realize they're running out of supplies, and the timer unlocks, and they send Adam up instead of the dad. Yeah, oh, he's too frail at this point. Because he's had a heart attack, potential yeah. heart attack. They don't really know what it is because they don't have a doctor in yeah. their bunker. Um, so he goes up, and throughout this opening... Exposition in the story, they've been showing us what's been happening on top, <laughs>
0: which is the most perfect thing in the world. How they managed to choose to illustrate the change in society?
1: Yes, and and so and that's where Joey Slotnick comes in. Joey fucking Slotnick, because he so they build after the plane crash. It's like you know, five years later, whatever. Um, they clear out that lot and they build a malt shop. Mm-hmm. On top. Mom's malt shop. Mom's malt shop. And Joey Slotnick, you know, says, like, thanks so much, mom, for giving me the job. It took me a second. She wasn't actually his mom. Um, yeah. She was just like, mom. Yeah. The restaurant owner. So, um, and she makes some joke about him owning it someday and his face like brightens up. And then they show it, you know, 10 years later <laughs> in the 60s and it's become like a hippie bar mm-hmm. and he has a weird, Sun tattoo on his forehead.
0: Well, that's quite a bit later. That's oh. in the late seventies, oh, early eighties okay. one. I don't know. So, because her- first there's the disco one. Oh yes, it's where a he's disco. like, I don't like. It's a uh, funk turns on, and he's like, I don't think I can get into this. I don't like it. And this girl at the bar starts kind of slowly shimmying, oh, yeah. and then he starts dancing, and the his shift in that moment. I this is gonna sound sarcastic, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. It's a fucking masterclass in acting. It's his so weird good. transition there. It's so amazing yeah. how the look changes on his face. Yeah. God damn it. I love
1: uh, it. Um, okay, you're right. So yeah. So then there was like hippie one, and then there yeah. was, and then there was disco one. And then, and then
0: there's like a metal one, sort of.
1: And that's there's a metal one, and that's where mom gives it up. Yeah. Because she's yeah. tired of like the bikers. Because it's like a metal biker bar. Yeah. Um, which I've been to one of those before. It's really odd. it seems like what you would frequent. It was a metal biker karaoke bar. Whoa.
0: Yeah. Now I'm interested.
1: Yeah. And we went in, um, and there's a bunch of bikers in there doing karaoke, and this giant... (laughs) Wait, wait. (laughs) This is in San Diego. Okay, and there's bikers
0: doing karaoke. Peter D's. Peter D's. Okay, so... (laughs) One quick question. If I was to walk into Peter D's, am I immediately going to get the shit kicked out of me? No. Okay. They
1: were welcoming of us. It wasn't like a territorial biker mm-hmm. bar. Like, it
0: wasn't like... I don't have to be wearing the right colors correct. to get in.
1: No. This is when, they come, when they come out to, for public. Um, <laughs> and we walked in and there was like this giant stereotype of like a Sons of Anarchy dude mm-hmm. up on stage singing um, P.O.D. Youth of a Nation. And so he... Wow. Yeah. Well... Because that song is about the school shootings that happened in San Diego. And we were, like, six months after they'd happened. So, yeah. It was a little rough. But it's also that song. Like, the end of it is falsetto. And it's just, we are, we are, the youth of nation. And it was so rough, this biker. Um, and then my friend who that I worked with, because it was, like, a work party, we decided to go there. Um, she was, like, 4'8". <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Um, super jacked she was a body oh. she was a bodybuilder what is going on in your life and she got up and sang sex um ugh, i touch myself wow and then ended it and the whole time like the the bartender could see it was coming and she kept going don't drop the mic don't drop the mic, don't drop the mic. And my friend, after like running the cord between her legs and stuff and singing, I touch myself with sexual chocolate and throws the mic on the ground and then we were
0: all escorted out of the bar. <laughs> There's this a has become s- a really interesting autobiographical episode, I'm, and I'm really enjoying it.
1: I've been talking about the faults of other people all day, so I just kind of
0: feel like talking about me. I love it. I'm not against it. <laughs> I'm on board. Okay, so, so that's, Joey Slotnick that's what transitions the bar into owning out. the bar.
1: Yes, because because it's like this biker metal bar, right. and Mom goes, you want it? You got it. And so she gives it to and Joey. And then it
0: turns into like really kind of a sad, destitute little hole. Yeah, like a um, a squat. Yeah, essentially. Yeah.
1: And so they're in the squat, and Joey Slotnick has this tattoo on his forehead, and you're like, oh, he spent some time with the Rajneesh or whatever. <laughs> like He's clearly... Got stories to tell. He's got pock marks on his face. <laughs> That's our new euphemism. And he, um, oh, and the ground starts to shake, and he's like, ah! and and the ground opens up because the elevator from the bunker has brought Adam to the surface, and the lights are glowing, and it looks like he's come out of the ground, and he's raised by parents who had their last contact with the world with was the the early 60s. Yes. So he looks like something out of a 50s television he's show. wearing a
0: radiation suit at the time, right? Oh yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
1: Um and and he, and oh no, the dad goes up first. That's right. And he's in the radiation that's right. suit and says, "Don't touch my elevator." Right. Which Joey Slotnick sees as a religious experience. Which oh.
0: Who can blame him?
1: Yeah, man comes out of the ground. It Well, and it's very reminiscent of the Back to the Future. Um,
0: very much yes. in the
1: radiation suit. Yeah, and playing the it's heavy the metal inverse
0: of it, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so then when Adam, the sun, finally comes to the ground, and he's like so cheering, he's like, "Hi!" And you know, who are you? I'm the sun, right? So, and that happens right. a number of times. He identifies himself as the sun. <laughs> And so Joey Slotnick... Because he's under
0: the impression society has fallen to nuclear war.
1: Because when dad ventured out the first time, and it's like downtown Hollywood or something. Right. So it's people coming out of bars and throwing up in the street. It's... a gender fluid human um, propositions dad for well, and sex and dad goes and, into a
0: porn shop and is
1: yes and aghast and you know and so then he comes down and that's part of what causes the stroke and and he's telling <laughs> mom and Adam about it and he's like the the radiation has mutated them and they can be either or and people are throwing up in the streets don't go into the place called the adult bookstore. But they know that they need supplies, so they send Adam up. Um, and he struggles, and it's like classic fish out of water stuff. That's amazing and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees the sign that says baseball cards. We, yes. we buy baseball cards, and he knows that he has baseball cards. He of course has no idea how much. Cause
0: he has like a Honus Wagner. Like he has the greatest baseball card collection. He's made that in name history. up. That's literally the most valuable baseball card in the baseball card in the world. I did not make that up. It's not like Mickey Mantle. That's also a real person.
1: Well, I know that.
0: Honus Wagner is like the first superstar of baseball, and that card is worth millions of dollars. Why would you name your child Honus? I'm glad you asked me, because uh, I'm Mr. Wagner. Let me tell you about my son, Honus, I named 150 fucking years ago. We so, named that because Chonus was taken. That was my other boy. Chonus. Chonus. Chonis means underwear. So Chonus is just one underwear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought of it as another name for your taint. Ugh, don't, I, I gotta clean my chonus. There's
1: so many consonants in that word, and it makes there's it three. It makes it hurt. It's like it's. Such what a do you
0: prefer, taint or chonus? How about perineum? Uh, just one's fine. Oh. <laughs> that's terrible.
1: Wait, hold on. The, Damn it! That's the, that's wrong, that's one. the wrong one. Wrong <laughs> one. I'm never gonna it get it right. That's a
0: spooky joke.
1: <laughs> so. He tries to buy stuff and he doesn't have money and so, but then he sees a baseball card thing and he goes in there and the guy's trying to. Oh, I think. Oh, that's the director. That's who that is. Okay. Um, and he's trying to swindle him and he says like, "Oh, I'll take the whole box for a thousand or whatever." Right. Um, but it is.
0: It's It's worth millions of
1: dollars. Um, and Alicia Silverstone Eve arrives. (laughs) His name's Adam. Yeah. So you know already what's gonna happen. She comes around the corner and saves Adam from being hustled and explains that one of his cards is worth $6,000 and blah, blah, blah. Honus Wagner card. Oh, is that what it was? I don't know. Um, no, I think it was Mickey Mantle. Um... So he chases after and asks for help. And this was the moment, this was when I first started to go, oh, she's terrible. Yeah. Oh, she's not good. Um, this, I didn't take many notes. Mm. Um, I was yelled at when I was watching Encino Man for knitting while I was watching it. And Who yelled at you? My partner. He was like, aren't you supposed to be taking notes? I and love I said, him. It's Christmas and I have like 800 hats to make. So her acceptance of him is very quick and weird and then she goes from like chatting with him to running away scared to putting him in her car and and she says i just get so cranked when i listen to Perry Como like it's the weirdest line yeah, so ever sure. and and she like and she's like gyrating in the seat when she says it so that whole sequence of like being nice to him and being kind to him and yeah. then running up a hill oh in the worst 90s chunky heels um <laughs> So like I was so distracted by them, um, and and she's going get away from me, and like she's a terrible screamer, and and then I went, oh yeah, I forgot how terrible she is. Well, it's
0: funny because usually in movies like this, when it's the immediately f- being attracted to the male person, to to the other person because the plot demands they're attracted to them, that always makes me crazy. Yeah. Adam, though, is genuinely charming. Yes. And sweet to be around. Yes. Where you're like, okay, I wouldn't immediately go marry the guy, but being around him seems super pleasant. Yeah. Like, that seems really nice. So that, and it's her, like, she just can't sell it. Yeah. But it's not because it can't be sold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, often because there's like, well, is... well, no one can make that work.
1: Yeah, because she there is just can't make it work. Something creepy about because he like immediately is like, I want to hire you, and and he's desperate. That's the right. thing, and the desperation can be scary. Um,
0: but his sincerity, because this is where I feel like Brendan Fraser needs to be mentioned. He's terrific. Oh, in he's this. so good. He's so charming and you know, lovely.
1: He's a really good actor, and
0: he... I walked away from this pairing thinking Brendan Fraser is an American treasure.
1: Well, and it makes me sad that he's kind of disappeared from acting. and I know that yeah. something happened. It had to do with monkey bone. Um, there's been a couple of things. we'll we'll get into it. and and it makes me sad because I <laughs> rem- like I mean like school ties. He's great. Oh, so good in
0: that. And then the Mummy movies. The first, the third movie's not good, but he's great in that. And
1: they're fun. And and um oh, uh Gods and Monsters, which I think he's terrific. wasn't he nominated for that or mm, I no, think no, the for mo- Golden Globe? Okay, and the movie was nominated. That yeah. movie was so good. Yeah, and he is so good. And like, talk mm-hmm. about master class in acting for like transitional. Yeah. Mo- oh, oh, so good. Um. So yeah, so she's just terrible. And and a big part of it is I think cuz because of that because you're pairing up a 6 against an 11 and yeah. and that's that's difficult for anybody. Yeah. Because there are moments when she's not terrible. Yeah. Um I just think she can't handle extreme She's good at the
0: sweet half smile. Yes. When it's like just a still basically still of her just making a sweet half smile and kind of gently thinking. <laughs> Like I don't mean that. It sounds cruel. I don't mean it cruelly. Gently thinking because like, it, too this is this much
1: thing. would hurt her
0: pretty little head.
1: Well, she never. She needs a helmet
0: to do arithmetic. She never radiates intelligence. <laughs> no. But when she when she can just radiate sweetness, she's really good at it. Yeah. There's something there. She does have a sweetness to her,
1: which I think is why. And in those it moments, it really works in in Clueless too.
0: Um, disagree
1: Stop it, Stop it. Disagree I, uh, A friend of ours that was gonna join us today And unfortunately couldn't um, I mentioned that we had done Clueless mm-hmm. And he went Oh what did you pair it up with And I went gosh I don't even remember And I had to go back and look yeah. El Topo <laughs> <laughs> And he went what? That's, that's a weird that's cowboy amazing. acid trip And I went yes yes That's amazing. Which is impressive that he knew it. Yeah,
0: that is impressive. Um, so he is
1: going to join us at some point, and I'm excited about that. So Adam hires Eve, Mm -hmm. and it becomes, you know, a fun there you go shopping. Uh, You know, he has stock options for IBM and Apple and things like that, or not Coca Cola, Coca Cola.
0: Yeah, sorry, not Apple, but so he's because his father was already wealthy when they went down. And then they have all this accumulated wealth that has only gained an interest. Yeah. And now they are absurdly wealthy.
1: Yeah. So, and he's, you know, he asks her to work for him for two weeks so that he can buy the provisions for the next, for the rest of his parents' lives. Yeah. Because um, they're too afraid to come up. Um. And so, yeah, there's a lot of like, oh, let's let's teach him how to wear appropriate clothing for the 90s and let's... You know, like who who orders this much pipe tobacco? Like just all the fish out of water fun stuff, right?
0: Orders this much pipe
1: tobacco. I was tobacco? trying to think of something, or
0: like it was like chipped beef or whatever. Yeah, um, hot Dr Pepper. Oh man, that... I'm kind of. I don't even like Dr Pepper, but I kind of want to try it now. Uh, good enough for Christopher Walken. Good enough for me. Yeah, that's the parents' drink. They like is warm Dr Pepper.
1: No, hot. Yeah, hot. like off the of stove,
0: like coffee hot. Gross.
1: Um. So, and in that process, of course, Adam starts to fall for Eve and he makes that clear to her. And she says, No, it's never going to happen. And her excuse for it is that she chooses. Um, the wrong kinds of guys, and she talks all about how he thinks she's pretty, and she says, and the problem is uh, or you know that guy's interested in me because of my legs or my hair or whatever, and I make the same bad decisions. I'm attracted to legs and hair and arms, and a lot of the times that means that
0: what's inside the legs and the hair and the arms treats me poorly and which that was a super interesting thing in the movie
1: that that,
0: that she doesn't sell well, but writing wise was really like takes apart the idea of the manic pixie dream girl before that idea was even in the ether. Yeah. In a common kind of way. This movie, the more I think about it, the more impressed I am by the script and direction of this thing.
1: Yeah. Um, And then, of course, she starts to fall for him, particularly after, ooh, there's After the, the dancing scene? There's the fun late 90s inclusion- of the resurrection of swing dancing that happened yeah. in the late 90s that, like, any movie from them has a Big Bad Voodoo Daddy song or This Is Squirrel Nut Zippers. Um, you, as I, I seem to
0: recall, you're on record of liking The Squirrel Nut Zippers. I do like The Squirrel Nut Zippers. All right. I do. No, that's great. Um, actually, the time
1: is appropriate. They have a really lovely Christmas album.
0: Um Mm.
1: I do like the Squirrel Nut Zippers A lot lot more than like Cherry Pop and Daddies And Big
0: Bad Voodoo Daddy But uh, hello, My god do I hate that whole thing I went to The big band ska revival thing Is fucking terrible I know and I like ska I've actually seen (laughs) Oh god
1: I've actually seen All of those bands live Now that I think about it (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I do admire something about the optimism and cheeriness in that music. I will confess. Yeah. But I still find it all just aggravating and I don't know.
1: Well, I mean and and it that was that was big when I was in high school and so like yeah, we did swing dancing at my homecoming and prom and stuff. Yeah, that's very wholesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean Wait, was it
1: it was. I understand. How was it not? And then we left prom early. To, oh, yeah. so what? What happened then? Um, do other things that weren't wholesome. But what do you mean? Um. So, so yes. Yeah, so she sees him dancing with women, and so she and so Eve starts to get jealous and starts to realize that she has feelings. And of course, there's like the gay best friend who who's Dave Foley who guides
0: her through her feelings and blah blah blah. The gay best friend thing's interesting. He's not super. For '90s levels, not super like mincy.
1: Yeah, they didn't make him queeny. But it's
0: not. He was like, just. Kind I was of kind of amazed for the time, just Dave Foley, <laughs> how it was handled. Yeah, you know it now. I don't think it would be seen as a particularly nuanced portrayal by any means. Yeah, but late '90s, like pretty good. Well, yeah. Um,
1: so, I'm I'm I watched this because we were supposed to record last right. week, so I watched this well, over I mean, a week and a half resolves ago. resolves
0: with. They decide to pursue being in love. They decide to get married. But oh, yeah. the, the big resolution is, what's he going to do about his parents? Oh,
1: yes. I was and... just trying to remember like the moment when she told him that she cared about him. Um, but that but that isn't the climax. The climax is, is kind of dealing with parents. Well, it's
0: solving the parent problem. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and so he uses all the tons of... He puts the parents in the bunker for three months and says, I'll bring you out when we're ready. Yeah. After breaking it to them... Um, that, that there was no bomb. There was no bomb, and they've been down there for no reason. Um, but that is smoothed over by bringing home a girlfriend. Well, from- he doesn't
0: tell them that until the very end. It's oh. like the last thing he says to his dad. Okay.
1: Um, so locks them in the bunker for another three months, and then finds you know land in like who knows Wyoming or something where there's nothing around, and oh. builds an exact replica of the house that they lived in before the plane crashed into it, which the bunker was an exact replica <laughs> yeah. of.
0: They've lived in three versions of this house. Which is fun. Yeah.
1: Um, and mom gets to see the sky, which that had been the thing that she missed the most. And then, yeah, he tells dad that there was no bomb. And,
0: and then everything He's like, that's just what they want you to think. Of course yeah. there was a bomb.
1: Well, so so some jokes. Um, Eve's last name is Rustakov. Okay. Which that, so she's Russian. Yes, that's yeah. done on purpose. Yeah, sure. And the, but they never bring it up.
0: I'm sure there's a cut scene or something. Yeah, it's too tightly constructed a movie for there not to have been something at some
1: yeah. point. Yeah, I um I my two favorite jokes from that from the movie come from Sissy Spacek, and it's the overall concern that Sissy Spacek wants him to date a girl from Pasadena, and just <laughs> just like the her obsession with that you know nights girls come from Pasadena and then it happens to be that Eve is from Pasadena yeah. um but my favorite joke of the whole movie and it's the thing i remember it cracks me up every single time is the first time he's having drinks with Eve and her best friend and Eve comes in from the kitchen well and it's actually it's like a fumbled Dave Foley trying to explain gay mm-hmm. to and he says I'm gay and he's like well that's great buddy <laughs> yeah. uh, which is charming and hilarious yeah. and Eve comes in with um, champagne glasses and she goes okay here's three champagne cocktails for everyone and just as she's about to take a sip she says I thought only hookers drank these and he goes well I know mom sure likes them <laughs> honestly it might be one of my favorite jokes like it's in any really movie. It's just so perfectly constructed.
0: Well, and he delivers it so sweetly. He's so sweet in the whole movie. He's so without guile in the whole movie. Yes.
1: Yes. So my biggest complaint is Alicia Silverstone. Yeah.
0: That's the only complaint for me.
1: Yeah. And, and it's not just her that's cringy. I feel like she
0: had a hand in her costuming (laughs) or not or it's so I think it's just she's so closely associated with 90s stuff that you can't separate her from the fashion
1: and the one that kills me that I remember being bothered by in 1999 Uh was the fucking Shirley Temple curls oh yeah I forgot
0: about that look oh it's so bad yeah, okay. it's not great.
1: So yeah, the Shirley Temple curls super bum me out. The chunky heels, yeah. fucking butterfly clips, fucking maroon lip liner with gloss in the middle. Like I just yeah, that's quite the look. Like and so and so my thought was, all of that I hate. And then there's a lot in Encino, man. That I kind of dig, like I dig Paul Shores' whole deal. Well, so, oh wait, hold
0: on, hold on, don't, don't, don't so, take this away from me.
1: That's where I was coming from. Where like, there's these two movies showcase the good and the bad of well, the he, '90s. <laughs> but, but the thing about Blast, so the main thing I want to say about Blast from the Past, everyone should see it. And you just kind of like grit your teeth through, through Alicia Silverstone because the movie itself is so sweet yeah and we have talked about this before about how in the 90s things like the x-files and um government conspiracy television shows and movies and stuff were really big in the 90s because the 90s were a relatively prosperous time Mm -hmm. and we weren't actively engaged in any wars middle to end right um and i mean yes afghanistan we're now finding out but there wasn't you know there wasn't well, the
0: Serbia conflict was not really on Americans' minds, yeah. Was, yeah. And,
1: and the Gulf War had ended, and right. And so, and I, I think I have mentioned on the show before that I heard or read something that when you have times like that, that is when entertainment and thinkers and the zeitgeist turns towards um, imagining that the enemies are coming from within. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of feel like this movie ties into that because we can look. Because it's looking with nostalgia at a really horrible time in history, which was the fear of nuclear annihilation. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I was thinking about that today because I really was like strapped for what we were going to talk about because both movies are great. Um, and then I went, oh, yes, this was a simpler time when nuclear annihilation wasn't, you know. Around the corner at any minute. Yeah, that's true, um, and and I pined for that time. <laughs> um, also, 1999. I think I was living in France. So that was a good time.
0: Um, oh, you want to demonstrate your accent? Suck it. <laughs> um, oh, oh so oh, <laughs> Mon ami. So
1: that was that was kind of my thought about the movie. Is is that it? It kind of represents a simpler time, not the one that they are portraying, right? But the nineties, like, well, I, you know, mm. when when we when we could have movies like that, that yeah, that are nostalgic for a, a sad time in our history. You know, I mean, like one of the biggest movies right now is Jojo Rabbit, and you know, people have their issues with it because the whole thing is, you know, it's Nazis, it's yeah. funny, adorable Nazis, but um it's a satire, like. Yeah. There is – you said it perfectly. Brendan Fraser and this movie, there's no guile in the whole yeah. thing. There's nothing satiric. It is it is straightforward sweet.
0: When it manges, And I just don't
1: – I don't know if there's a place for art like that anymore. I think dog videos on the internet have replaced it.
0: Well, that, um, that's interesting if there's a place for the same. The, the movie, I think why it makes all the 90s stuff look so bad, whereas Encino Man doesn't, mm. is because in – Blast from the past, it's all contrasted to the 60s values. Yes. And they really thread the needle on this thing of how can we be loving and sweet to both sides of the equation yeah. on this? And the movie doesn't negatively judge. Any- there's Aside from the baseball card guy, there's really no bad guy in this movie. No. Everyone's just trying to do their best at every turn. Oh, we forgot to finish up with Joey Slotnick. Oh, okay, finish up with Joey Slotnick.
1: <laughs> so they make like a cult because then mm. at one point too, <laughs> Sissy Spacek gets drunk. I think off of like she's m- she's down to like cooking sherry at this point. Yes, yeah. and and even there's some mouthwash involved in there. It's
0: she's in rough shape. It's
1: rough, and you know, hey, but hilarious. I, I feel for her. Like 35 years underground with Christopher Walken. Good lord, how dare you? Um... <laughs> Um, I, I do feel like this movie inspired Fat Boy Slim to put Christopher Walken in his video. I wouldn't doubt it. Because he's, yeah. Um, oh, we'll get there. So, gosh, talk about an early 2000s reference. Um, Fat Boy Slim. Yeah, in that video. Um, but... So he's made a whole cult, and so yeah, Sissy Spacek at one point decides that she needs to go up, and she's drunk, and she goes up in like her house coat with her martini glass, and comes up in the elevator, and Joey Slotnick's there, and you go, "Ah," and there's other people there, (laughs) and they say, "Who are you?" and she says, "I'm the mother," and then everybody bows and like prays, and it becomes a cult. and i don't think they ever really moved beyond that that they created a cult for them.
0: Well, he becomes like a tour guide as i recall. Oh, yes. For right, he, he becomes the, like a super capitalist. Yeah. <laughs> with his hair pulled back.
1: Yeah. So he ends up, you know, living the dream of owning moms and so, turning it into something good for himself. God, so
0: so if this movie is such a strange beast in that if you told me i'm only allowed to watch the first half hour and not the rest of it, i'd be fine with it. Yeah the christopher walken sissy spacic thing in the that's in the bunker is fucking great cuz it could just be like 5 minutes tossed away that's the setup for the romantic comedy mm-hmm. instead there's an entire family comedy drama going on oh, dynamic. Yeah. of these people locked away in here and christopher walken I, i've always loved walken and he became Pop culture-wise, not as an actual human being. He became so cartoony in pop culture, mm-hmm. and everyone did imitations of him, yeah. including me. I'm guilty of it. But he is so relentlessly sunny and optimistic in yeah. this movie. There's something as obnoxious as the character is in some ways, and, and deliberately so in the movie. I would give anything to fucking hang out with that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's I would make you an old-fashioned. Oh, he's just... And, He's a genius, so he's per- he's got tons of languages under his belt. Yeah, teaches his son all these languages, teaches him how to box, and he's just loving and sweet all the time.
1: That's a good joke too. When the mom says shit, and and the dad says, "Oh, pardon her French," and he's like, "That's that's French, Dad." Yeah, and then later somebody says shit around him, and he's like, "Oh, pardon me." It's
0: and it's a movie you could watch. You know what? I'm gonna. Yeah, here's my suggestion. As we get to the holidays, people talk about like, what's a good Christmas movie? And Christmas movies, are, okay, they're supposed to take place at Christmas and have the good spirit and all the rest. Ultimately, I think of them as, what's a movie I can watch with my whole extended family yeah. and be happy? This might be my new go-to Christmas movie. It's pretty good. It's, they, I don't think there's ever been a movie where I would say I recommend it, on our show I mean, to every single person. Not El I Popo. Think every, I recommend that to a few people. <laughs> I think everyone could enjoy Blast from the Past. Yeah. It's terrific. Absolutely. It's great. It could maybe use more representation, but for a mo- film from the 90s, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. And when he does it encounter his first person of color, Adam. Oh, my God. That is so funny. It's great. It's handled so perfectly in the movie. Because you, because we... Oh, my stars. You can handle
1: his use of an outdated word. Yeah. Because then he's so nice to her.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't mean it as a cruel thing. It is the nomenclature of his time. Yeah,
1: and she's like first response to him saying the word and then but then he's like how are you and la, la. Right. And, and she's like oh I, i'm i'm good and she's just so taken aback by his sweetness but yeah it's great it's a great movie okay we've been talking okay. for so, 49 minutes
0: well and i'm going to transition smoothly and, and into man because brendan fraser so good now to be clear i think that blast from the past would work with different actors in it i think brendan fraser is amazing in it i'm not taking away from him but it's perfectly written. It's wonderfully directed. The supporting cast yes. is excellent. And he just makes it better. and Man wouldn't work without Brendan Fraser. Agreed. He is fucking so good in this movie. He's really good. And I looked up the other two people in line for the role, evidently, were Jim Carrey and Nicolas Cage. Oh, no. I, I think both could be interesting, particularly since they were, we both did vampire movies with Nick both of them. Cage, no. But I can, see, well, I, I can see the idea there. But, but they wouldn't Jim have Carey brought would have been the too sweetness
1: much. Yes. Yeah. and the
0: honesty that Brennan Fraser brings to it.
1: Because when he's, like, crying because he finally realizes what's happened to him, that's, yeah. that's actually, like, a real moment.
0: It's genuinely moving. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, Encino Man. Thawed cavemen are fun. is <laughs> the juice with Pauly Shore. Totally gnar, bro. I had an alternative third line, though. And Sean Astin sucks. Yeah. Each movie has one person that I wish wasn't in the fucking movie. Sean Astin's day. I don't know that Sean Astin's fault exactly, although he's a big blob of nothing. He's a person constructed entirely out of snot and broken dreams.
1: Wow. Is that too much? You're saying this about Samwise Gamgee.
0: I'm glad that Sean Astin found a role that capitalized on his patheticness.
1: And he's Mikey and Goonies, and he's so good yeah. in
0: that. Well, once he's again. He's good as a child he path- actor. He's good as the pathetic kid that finally rises to the occasion.
1: <sighs> but he's- That's why he just.
0: Rudy, wait, we have cracked the nut of Sean Astin. <laughs> pathetic guy who finally rises to the occasion.
1: I don't think that's true because I think Sam, Samwise Gamgee is a hero from moment one. He just. From moment one. He is. He's a hanger on. He is there to help Frodo. And, and, no, you're
0: wrong. Um, oh, sorry, Mr. Frodo. That's not a good impression of him. No, that was awful. Well, you know, he's I didn't practice.
1: so good as Samwise Gamgee. He is.
0: He's great in that. So, yes. This... But he is not good when he's playing an incel in Encino Man. Yeah. Yeah. A stalker, yeah. rapey incel.
1: Yeah. No, he's awful. I mean, he's certainly the bad guy. And I think in my head when I was trying to remember... The movie, because I've seen this
0: movie a lot,
1: (laughs) Um, and I was trying to remember it. I think I kind of forgot that Polly
0: Shore is the good guy. Oh, okay, so. So, go for it. All right. In Encino Man, Dave, played by Sean Astin, (laughs) he's fucking terrible. So, and maybe it's not that Sean Astin sucks. Okay, Sean Astin, if you somehow hear this, I apologize. In
1: in this movie. I'm sure
0: you're a decent human being. However, your, your character of Dave is a piece of shit. His parents are funny. I like them. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. There's the the dad was in the thing. Yeah. Richard Mazur. That he's great. That's has been in a lot of stuff. I I as far as I'm concerned there's the thing and that's it. Right. It's the greatest horror movie of all time. So, anyway. So, Dave is friends with Stony. Is that the one where there's it's ice? Yes. Okay. So So Dave is friends with Stony. Stony played by Polly Shore, who we will get to in a second. So much they, to say. There's <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't know there would be and there's so much to say. Um the two national treasures were revealed to me this week. So uh, Dave and Stoney, after attending like an anthropology class at, in their high school, find a- Ooh, with Rick Dukeman. Th- th- thank you. That was worth shouting. From Burbs. Yeah. Because yeah, I think we had yeah. discussed like what else has Rick Dukeman done. <laughs> so here's an answer. Okay. Thank you. So- You're welcome. Good. <laughs> So, after their anthropology class, where uh, Robin Tunney's character says, ooh, I'd do that caveman, basically, they Dave and Stoney discover a frozen caveman in their yard. In Dave's yard, rather. Stoney been- kind of pseudo-lives there because it's implied his home life is terrible. Yeah. And he doesn't get to eat if he's not at Dave's house. So... Yeah. We'll get back into Stoney's story in just a moment. So they take... They manage to remove the frozen caveman and put him in the in the woodshed with a bunch of heaters warm him up. Dave is convinced that having a caveman, which they don't know yet is alive, it's just on ice, is the route to them being popular at school. Yeah. In a way that is never explained. How does no. having a caveman make them popular at school? Because at first it's like, oh, well, we'll my supposition was... We will sell him to a museum, and then we'll be rich, and then we'll be popular. That makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. Instead, it's, we'll pass him off as a high school student, and somehow that equates us popular and rich.
1: Yeah. The plan makes zero sense. There was a line in there somewhere about being on Letterman. Like, I think it was- But,
0: like, they're trying to train him to to be less caveman-like. They hurt their cause all the way through. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Maybe it's like a- Coco the gorilla kind of thing. Like, look what we taught him to do. Sure. The Rip. Co- the gorilla kind of thing. <laughs> so they thaw out said caveman. He, he thaws out while they're away at school. They come home to see he has caused havoc. And they. Oh, tr- by the way, there's a lot of Brandon Fraser butt in that scene. There's a lot of thigh in it. There's not a lot of butt in no, it. No,
1: because the, like, the loincloth thing that he's wearing is, like, it, I looked.
0: Did you notice any pock marks? Was uh, there a story there to tell?
1: It, like, goes, like, up the middle of each cheek. So there's a lot of, like, side butt. And then when he's, like, dancing and stuff, I was, this, like.
0: What's amazing to me is this podcast has slowly transitioned from, like, you think, oh, you're talking about all these things. Certainly, there's going to be a lot of like male gaze in this. Instead, it's, it's just all about gaze. things that make you like, all right.
1: No, no. I'm just pointing out
0: that. You th- said you paid really close attention.
1: That this might be one of those movies where they didn't know that like freeze frame was going to be a thing. I'm not saying that I did that.
0: Um, you were definitely implying you did but that.
1: I think, you know, I don't know. It was It was scantily. Glad.
0: He was there's not a lot. I honestly didn't notice. But oh oh the magic of Brendan Fraser's ass.
1: No, I just wanted you to move on.
0: <laughs> okay. Not effective. Uh so they they bring this guy who they have since named Link into school. They get him transferred in. Dave's main motive and popularity is to hook up to date a girl who he was evidently childhood friends with, he carries around with him a picture of them as children in the bathtub. Yeah. And he thinks this is a very charming thing.
1: He says, look, we were naked together.
0: Oh, God, it's fucking horrible. It's really rough. It's really bad. <laughs> I'm going to... Dave eventually gets the girl because, of course, he does because it's an early 90s movie. I'm going to forget Dave as much as I can for the rest of this because, for me, this is a love story. And ultimately, he doesn't matter. He does not matter. His story doesn't matter. This is a love story between two people, Link and Stoney. Yeah. Pauly Shore makes his film debut in this. Really? Yes. This
1: came before Son-in-law?
0: Yes. This is the movie that made all those possible. God,
1: I love son-in-law.
0: Pauly Shore's character <laughs> is basically an extension, a riff of his kind of MTV VJ character he had, of, yeah. of the weasel. And I remember the weasel being a that's pretty good. Weezing the juice body. So <laughs> Don't do it
1: ever again.
0: How <laughs> am I in trouble No, this. neither
1: of us should ever so, do it
0: again. This is the worst part of the uh, 90s. Nah, brah. Um, <laughs> but the character of Stoney is an incredibly empathetic, yeah. progressive sweet person oh my god he's wonderful who at every turn is generous and kind to everyone he stops to talk to the custodian yes he wishes no, when everyone they, happiness when
1: they first i don't think i ever noticed this in the multiple rewatchings of this movie that i have done yeah when they find link and and uh dave says we can't tell anybody and he says can i tell steve Kuzer?" And the delivery of that does not happen until 30 minutes later when he's walking through the hallway and there's the custodian at the school. And he goes, hey, Steve Kuzer. <laughs> like, and I went, oh, oh, that's so funny. Like I thought well, a the 30 minute goes, payout.
0: I don't know how true this is. It's what I read when. So Polly Shore also tried out for Link. For the link part. And they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. No. But we need him in the movie. Yeah. So they just tacked him in and he made up most of his dialogue. Oh, I love that. So all of the weird sweetness and loveliness that he does is evidently an extension of what Pauly Shore was doing on set. Hmm. He's not exactly Fey, but he's definitely got a pansexual totally. kind of presence to him. Because
1: he's real. Um... Or I, I
0: get gender fluid. I, I don't mean to mess up my terms on this.
1: Yeah, he's he dresses... real Stephen Tylery. Yeah, with he the bell bottoms and like the like tight net purple bell shirt. bottoms, scarves, <laughs> a lot of pink bandana, and he's a fishnet in, shirt. But he's not fey No, he's and he he's talks himself. about himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a very w- distinct character. And he was like that as a VJ. I remember that. Yeah, um, and it and in the way that androgyny often can work, it's very attractive and. From what he's I know of him... super
0: appealing in this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a real... he He's decent to men and women in it. Mm-hmm. He's decent to all races that they encounter in the movie when no one else is.
1: Except for like a little bit of the objectification when they're talking about nugs and Gonzagas. But also you're talking about 18-year-old boys. Yeah, boob so. talk. Boop talk, yeah.
0: Which is relatively tame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the movie. Yeah. Um, when he engages with the uh, latino gentleman oh my God. in the bar who that is a rough <sighs> set of stereotypes they're dealing with there that it's so and the rough. only thing that sells the scene is the sweetness of Paulie Shore in it yes
1: but but so the problem i had with that like obviously the super rough stereotypes but also the mixing of stereotypes because the sign yeah, it's clearly says that up. it's a norteño bar and so the really exaggerated cholo gangster guys seemed to fit, but then there was like all the Jamaicans for some reason. In the... That was my
0: favorite the... part of the bar. It was great. The... I'm kidding. I'm just joking.
1: Well, the, the bartender's funny when he just yeah. like very nonchalantly goes, "Immigration, get out." <laughs> it's it's a funny scene. Oh um, yeah, the whole that that whole scene
0: in the bar is probably one of my favorites. So they thaw out Link. Link, of course, becomes the most popular kid in school. Because he's nice. Because he's nice. And he's interesting. And he's yeah. quirky and fun. Handsome. Very. Brendan Fraser looks great in that Guy's movie. so
1: good. The, the
0: weird he looks terrific. Half- that weird haircut kind of works. The
1: haircut's so good. I pointed out to
0: my wife. I was like, that's kind of a rad haircut. It's super good.
1: Except for when he puts it in the ponytail for a prom. Yeah, that's not a great look. That but the rest rough. of it's terrific. That was a little Steven seagal
0: a little Stephen Svangali. But the rest of it... Stephen Svengali, re- He could tell. Oh, he could rewind. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We've gone off the rails. Amy's lost it. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. But so... Where was I going with this? So it, they go along their arc of... Of course there's a dance scene. Because yeah. there is in all 90s movies. As there was in Blast from the Past. I feel like if you watch that dance scene... It encompasses a lot of what's great and bad about the movie. Because I don't particularly like dance scenes in movies. But... Brendan Fraser is dancing with such kind of energy yeah. and kind of crispness to his movements. And Polly Shore is dancing really effectively in a kind of like serpentine kind of way. And Sean Aston looks like he doesn't know what's going on or maybe even who he is.
1: Well, and 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 to to make his character and to make him schlubby, you know, it's the worst part of the '90s. It's acid wash jeans and big, baggy, like oh, hyper-color T-shirts. It's so rough. So, like nobody can survive that when you're up against Brendan Fraser and Polly Shore. But the dancing, I just wanted to point out, it, it's Link recreating a dance that he saw on television. Yes,
0: um, which re- uses a lot of pop culture references as. Social currency.
1: Yes. and But that seemed super reminiscent of um, Can't Buy Me Love. Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah, very which
0: much. Which that's like my favorite part of Can't Buy Me Love is that dance that's part. That's everyone's favorite part of Can't Buy Me Love. That's
1: such a good movie.
0: Uh, it's played me for years being told I look just like Patrick Dempsey. It's the person I get told more often than anything else, particularly when I was in high school. Even Charlie Day? Because you really look like Charlie Day. Well, now I get Charlie Day more. Yeah. It used to be Dempsey back when. Yeah,
1: I've seen that picture of you from college or whenever that yeah, was. It was weird. I get anyway, that.
0: Um, that's not a bad thing. It's not, but at the time it He's was make dreamy. At the time it was bad because he was the nerd and can't buy me love. So people would go, "You're the nerd and can't buy me love." Go, so thank sexy thank at you the end much. of that. That's not what they were referencing. So <laughs> that's not what they were talking about. They were talking about the guy that likes astrology. Yeah, they're talking about the fucking beret and not glasses. astrology. Astronomy. 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 Very different. <laughs> so. Uh, the movie resolves with they have the big post-prom party. It's a short movie. You can watch Encino Man yeah, super fast. four times an evening. It's 80 minutes long, yeah. 85. The movie resolves with they're having a big pool party, and then they see that there are muddy footprints going mm. through the house in a callback to the beginning of the movie when Link has thawed and there's footprints all through the house. Because there's been another earthquake. We forgot there's to mention that. There's been another earthquake, that. and there's been another cave person thawing, and it turns out to be Link's girlfriend has now thawed. And so he gets a cheery reunion with his uh, former lover, I guess. It wouldn't be wife or girlfriend, I guess. They're cave people. Paleolithic. yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, Stone Age people. So they have a happy reunion. Dave somehow ends up with the girl of his dreams, despite being the worst human in the world. And they get the happy ending. Although Stoney doesn't really get much, but I guess he doesn't really want anything so it works out for him.
1: No, I mean, and that's what I think I liked about Stony too Was he was he was kind and sweet to everybody, but also there there <laughs> and this just kind of hits me cuz of my job and where we're at in the academic year, but there's the moment when they say like there's always college like in their efforts for yeah. popularity and Stony looks at him and goes, "Ha, junior
0: college." <laughs> <laughs> Um, Stony is amazing. But, they're, he, but even like how he treats the guys working in the convenience store. Kashmir oh, and them. Rajneesh. Yeah. That he's was rough. He's annoying. Agreed. And the stereotype there is really rough. But the way he interacts with them, yeah. he's just really sweet and just like, I'm just having a good time in the store. Please be nice to me. Yeah. It's be funny. And then he, he starts drinking directly from the sleeping machine saying he needs to wheeze the juice. And the guys in really problematic accents Please say- Please don't do it. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> they ask him to stop wheezing the juice, and I like that they say stop wheezing the juice because clearly he's in there all the time yeah, doing, doing this, it. and this is a routine that they have. Yeah, they, Stoney just has a way of interacting with the world that I find delightful.
1: Well, and I so I didn't know that part about him being sort of tacked in and and having to yeah. improv everything. I have always liked Polly Shore. Um, and I've seen some of his stand up, and he's funny. And then when you learn his life story, um, do you know anything about him? Oh, I know some. I don't know anything. But I, I mean, he came from a life of comedy privilege. He came from a life of comedy privilege because he's Mitzi Shore's son um, who opened and owns a comedy store. And now I think. Until she passed. But I think he inherited it. He did. So yeah. he's like, his movie career dried up, but he's doing fine. He's doing fine. But um, I know that. I've heard interviews with, I want to say it was, like, um, Adam
0: Carolla or something back when he He's on Howard uh, Stern quite a bit.
1: Howard Stern. And and he talked about growing up, like, essentially, he grew up in the comedy store. And, like, I think for a lot of us that sounds awesome, but it also means, like, you never saw your parent, and he didn't know his dad, and... Um, you know, and then I know that he has struggled, struggled with, um, his mental health. He's had bouts of depression and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and every time I hear him, I, I am struck by like how you want to hang out with Christopher Walken. Yeah. I want to hang out with Polly Shore. Um, I just, he,
0: we might be able to make that
1: happen. Oh, let's do it.
0: Are you listening, Polly? My wife and I, we we're doing that. he's coming like a... out
1: here. He's, he's performing out here oh. and I didn't get tickets and I should have.
0: Just send him this and he'll want to hang out. <laughs> I told my wife we were doing a Brendan Fraser doubleheader and she was like, why? Is he going to be on the show? And I was like, oh, that is a cold comment from my very sweet wife. But the and idea is that they are guys who have it. like, they don't seem like they're doing as much oh, these days. Oh, got it. And there's a sadness there in that, you know, Brendan Fraser had a few real rough years yeah. uh, in his personal life and has come out on the other side of it, which is wonderful Really like wonderful treasures in film. Yeah. Who I think were great. I don't think that every paulie Shore movie is necessarily great. Okay, but Son in Law is so good. And I have kind of a weak spot for Biodome, to be honest. Oh. Jury Duty's not good. In the Army Now is not good. Jury
1: Duty's terrible. In the Army's terrible. Not because of Polly Shore, but because of Andy Dick. Right, they're Dick. just bad movies. <laughs> Andy Dick. Um, <laughs> um, I can't stand him. Biodome, um, I think he's actually pretty funny and God, I forgot about Biodome. Biodome's Dump. pretty good. Well, so, but think of all those movies we just listed, right? Yeah. And so our friend, who couldn't be on the show with us today, um, he 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 had started to watch Blast from the Past um, and and then and fell asleep because he's doing a whole lot to do things for us here at school because yeah. he works incredibly hard and he's an amazing dude. Yes. Although
0: um, he should just be on our show. Instead.
1: Agreed. And we're going to make that happen. Yeah. Um, but, he, and then he said he was like reading about Encino Man and... You I think know, I know what you're going to say. Because he was going, trying though. to make it happen. Yeah. Like, even if that meant he just, like, read synopses and tried to remember from his brain. Um, and he said, it just, like, he goes, Polly Shore was, like, a thing. Like, yeah. for a hot minute. And I went, I don't think it was a hot minute. I think it a was, like, a solid chunk of the 90s. And he went, he's, like everything that the 90s was. And I went, mm. "Yes, totally." And that and I went, "Oh, thank you. You've given me my my attitude for the show, which mm. is these two movies represent two ends of the 90s mm. and so much of it because because also in the same way that the 90s ended with the awful chunky hills and butterfly clips and Shirley Temple mm-hmm. curls. It started with the thing that I, my mom has always told me, as someone who needed to know fashion as a theater teacher, um, fashion trends always repeat every 20 right. years, right? So end of the 90s, you had the, like, or excuse me, beginning of the 90s, which is when mm-hmm. Encino Man was made, you had the revival of the, like, late, hippie, yeah. kind of psychedelic things. Yeah. And, and Polly Short is that. And, like, yeah, man, I remember I had bell-bottoms. Um, or like 90s, I mean, I didn't, but yeah. 90s versions of them, and um, so I don't know. I just oh, but but I wanted to read a quote um, that was in the. It was one of the reviews, and it says "Encino Man" because Encino Man has terrible ratings. Yeah, um, and it says Encino Man isn't the first unabashedly silly comedy to embrace its stupidity and amass a cult following which I think is a fair description yeah. of it. But whether or not it works for you will largely be determined by your tolerance for Polly Shore. And I feel like that's correct,
0: <laughs> which is why I love this movie. Well, and I I did not have fond memories of Polly Shore. I didn't think back of like, oh, that Polly Shore is pretty great. But then watching it with fresh eyes, I was like, what he's doing is pretty interesting and yeah. strange and good. Yeah. I can see why it didn't sustain for that personality that that character he's playing doesn't sustain for 10 movies. Yeah. It sustains for three. And then that's about... It's kind of like the Ernest movies. Of like... The, earth, the first Ernest movie is great. But then like... Okay. It's kind of run its course.
1: I think... I feel like we've talked about Ernest.
0: That the first movie is a masterpiece? Because it it's is? It's really possible. I've never seen that one. <laughs> Holy shit. Which one
1: is that? Goes to Camp? Yeah. Okay. I have seen that. Ernest but- Goes to Camp is terrific. We probably
0: have to do a we definitely do. show on that because so, I don't understand the Ernest thing. Oh, my God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to depart Encino Man. Ultimately say I think that of these two movies, the one that you have to watch would be Blast from the Past. Yes. But it's worth making room for Encino Man. Agreed. It's an interesting, fun movie with some problematic shit in it. Oh, and we
1: haven't even mentioned the soundtrack, which is bonkers. You love it. It's great. It, there's like, I mean, yes. There's some unfortunate Vince Neil in there, um, but <laughs>
0: unfortunate Vince Neil is my new band's name. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all Poison covers, but not well done. Or that's the crew. That's it's still poison covers though. It's a weird, but concept. it's not,
1: but it's also not. It's like it's. It was when Vince Neil was doing like solo projects. But but there's there's like some bad brains in there. I think it was. But there is some
0: th- punk like because the band of the prom is a punk supergroup. Yeah, it's infectious groups. Yeah,
1: which I was looking at everybody that was in there. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, and, and there's some other stuff. I don't know. The soundtrack's really good and, and really not mainstream 90s. Yeah, no, not and, at all. And so it kind of Weirdly sticks hip. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's make some room for Encino Man because yeah. it's good. And make some room in your heart for Brendan Fraser. And I mean this unironically and completely sincerely. He did something in movies for a while that was profoundly interesting that no one else was doing. In that, in these comedies, he's great. He became this huge, strong, buff guy mm-hmm. for like George of the Jungle, which is a silly family comedy that he goes all out in. Yeah. It's by no means a great movie. I've watched it not that long ago with my kids. And I, I can't say I enjoyed the movie, but he's great in it. Yeah. He doesn't hit a false note in the thing. In the Mummy movies, he is genuinely terrific. And he managed to do this thing that I can't think of anyone else who does it. Of he's, he's clearly handsome mm-hmm. and he's charming and has this incredible ripped superhero body in it, but I never feel in it like he's not relatable. Yeah. He seems like a guy I could go and hang out with and really enjoy hanging out with, which yeah. I never get from action stars.
1: Well, and I think what is, what I think, I think why he's special is because he hits, um, he's everything. He's every kind of male lead in a movie you could want. Mm-hmm. He can be the action star. He This movie shows both of them, actually. Yeah. But this one in particular shows how clearly good at physical comedy mm-hmm. he is. Because there's some slapstick in the. I mean, the first thing he does is a fucking Bugs Bunny steps yeah, on a rake. Rake to the face. Rake to the face. Like, oh, that was like, the only profanity we've had in this whole episode. Do you know how many profanities you've said? No. I have not said any curse words.
0: Oh, my God. You're going to go back through this and you're going to be (laughs) stunned. When you went off on 90s fashion... Oh yeah! Every single word had "fuck" in front of it. <laughs> fucking barrettes and fucking <laughs> chunky heels. Fuck a fucky fuck fuck fuck. You you have used terrible language in this episode. Are you kidding? You single-handedly made this like an NC-17. It's because I go into a blind rage when I think about Chunky Mary Jane. <laughs> the point is, you just said that's our first swear word, and you said it sincerely. That's what
1: I'm saying. I went into a fugue state. That's how angry.
0: A fugue state.
1: Uh, chunky Mary Jane's make me.
0: Yeah, your eyes rolled. Back Back in your head Your tongue lolled about So But You're carrying asps And drinking strychnine
1: He th- I didn't say I was a Seventh day adventist I'm pretty sure you are or- A holy roller. <laughs> That's not, not seventh day adventist Um What do they call Apostolic I'm not a You know um, Whatever I'm not one <laughs> of those people I'm not a snake talker Perineum um, <laughs> So he <laughs> has great physical comedy. Yep. He's relatable and charming. Dramatic He's very chops. handsome. Romantic. Dramatically, you know, like I said, school ties and Gods and Monsters. Amazing work. Yeah. So yeah, um, so that's in the in the way that I wrote a Haiku to say goodbye to Alicia Silverstone, this is Ooh. our episode mourning the loss and demanding the comeback of Brendan Fraser.
0: He's been doing some stuff. He's on a superhero TV show now oh. playing Robot Man or something. I haven't seen it. He's behind a mask, so I'm less inclined to see it because I want yeah. him himself.
1: Oh, wait. I want to know what
0: show that is. And he's is. done a couple of little, oh, shit, Legends of Tomorrow, something like that.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, and then they shrink him. Oh, no, that's um, I d- I that's the guy, guy that played Superman, Brendan Routh.
0: That's a different guy, yes. Although he also deserves a He's comeback. in Legends he's also of great. Tomorrow, too. Uh... I'm going to find it for you. But the point being, I just... Brendan Fraser's great, and he does not get his due. Agreed. In in fact, I think he is often treated as a punchline, which I think is absurd, because he's fucking awesome. Well, and, you
1: know, we're running long here, but we, we've we talked about this before. Ugh.
0: Doom Patrol's the name of the show. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, Brendan Routh is in Legends of Tomorrow. Um, not Brendan Fraser. I... Everything changed on 9 And and mm. I I feel like I feel like we can't
0: have Paul poly- well, I feel like we can't have Paul. Poly-
1: this is why we can't have like, Paul. But like the, the
0: the mummy movies were after that. Oh, were they? I think. I'm I'm gonna double check. Yeah. They're they right were around there. Mummy Returns 2000s. is two thousand one and then he does Looney Tunes Back in Action two thousand three. Crash. He's in an Oscar winner. Oh two thousand four. Yeah. Oof crash. Yeah, not a great movie, but just, he's great.
1: But but I just think that like there's there's people that we don't have anymore because the way the kind of movies that we make is different now.
0: Mm-hmm. That's definitely true.
1: You know, I I I don't know that we make just stupid, unabashedly silly movies as much anymore.
0: Well, and we don't have. Earnestness in movies anymore. Yeah, and no. his movies are earnest. And everything's
1: sarcastic.
0: Everything's ironic and post-ironic.
1: It's so exhausting. It's
0: exhausting. Let's just be nice, guys. Let's be decent.
1: Well, let's let's well, be
0: genuine. That's, that's the the not one. the right one. Damn. What the <laughs> fuck, Amy? Jesus. It was that one. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here's here's a magical <laughs> moment. We're being sincere for like the first time ever on this show. What's going to really cap it? How about the fucking X-Files music? <laughs> God damn it.
1: And it's like I'm doing it on purpose but I'm not. I'm that's what
0: makes it good for me, though. Truly incapable. You're honestly fucking it up. I'm
1: totally fucking it up.
0: <laughs> All right. Amazing. Well, we don't have a next episode planned, but that's maybe just well because then we're not yeah. falsely promising. We'll surprise you with something great. There we go. Amy? And if you
1: have suggestions.
0: Um, There's a question we haven't answered. Oh, Gail. Would you suggest these to your mom?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Both of
0: them? Both of them. Okay. For sure. I, All right.
1: I would suggest them to anyone.
0: Yeah, they're really gems. I will acknowledge, and Encino Man genuinely does have some problematic stuff. I think the stuff in the bar, there's some cultural stereotypes that are, they're not mean-spirited. No. It's, but they're a little rough.
1: But it is the kind of stuff where we go, it was a different time. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's the use of the F word and not the one I say. Yeah, um, but but done the way it's supposed to be. That guy sucked, and so yeah, he would use a disparaging term, for right? The a bully. Whole, yeah, yeah, he sucked. So it's you know but very nice in person because I met him.
0: Oh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, you met a famous dude. You've lived in France. What I've... else are we gonna do here? <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's not even terrible. that wasn't even a sound effect. <laughs> Amy just like hit a button for impact, and nothing happened. <laughs> That's what it was. That's the one you wanted there. Oh, I'm just punching buttons. Well, now we know. <laughs> All right. So I don't know what we're going to do next, but no. we will do something. Yes, because this cause is fun. and I enjoyed this. It recharged me. I, too, am recharged. And I mean that sincerely and without guile. Oh, well, it's true. Sparkles. <laughs> you have a button for that. <laughs> you have a fucking sparkles button right <laughs> goddamn in front of okay, you. Okay, Hold on. That is not it! Hey, but here's a way to get out of here. Yeah, fair enough. On a that note clever catchphrase, which will <laughs> almost certainly be a shitty leap sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> fuck a fucky fuck fuck fuck.